0: You'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. If you are new here, then welcome. I am so happy to have you. And if you're returning, then welcome back. Today, we have Jordy Alexander. So Jordi Alexander, also known as Xander, is a director and startup addict currently based in Kauai, and after creating his first viral video in 2013, Hallway Swimming, was blown away by the power of leveraging the internet. He spent the next seven years traveling and developing social content, documentaries, and commercials for brands and influencers, and now he is passionate about the startup world and focusing on helping others make money on the internet. So I originally connected with Xander through a mutual friend that I met when I was living out on Hawaii last year. I spent a month in October in Kauai and Xander currently lives in Kauai. So we got connected through a mutual friend there. But I you know, was starting to see a lot online about NFTs and the creator economy and what all of that is. And I just felt really confused by it all, to be honest. And didn't really understand it. So I wanted to get someone on the podcast who really, you know, understood this. And this was their realm of work. And Xander is someone who is really a pioneer in this space and is creating new platforms and new technologies and is really deeply involved with all of this. So I wanted to get him on the show and just talk to us about his ideas, about what he thinks the future of art and the creator economy might look like and how you can leverage things like NFTs to really benefit everyone involved And so I will be the very first one to admit that this stuff sometimes really goes over my head and it's hard for me to understand. But talking to Xander, it was really interesting to hear his ideas and kind of get a little glimpse into what the future might look like. And so this is just a really interesting conversation. It's very different than the ones I normally have on this podcast, Uh, if you've been listening for a while or if it's your first time listening. So this is a bit of a different one because we go really deep into technology and how technology impacts us and also we talk about what is an nft what they are how the how the whole system works because like i said i truly did not understand it and xander gives us a really good example of how it works and really tangible examples that you can hold on to so if you're like me and you have no idea what an nft is then don't worry because i was you at the beginning of this conversation with xander but he gave us kind of the breakdown so i definitely have a bigger grasp on it. Um, We also talk about just the ways that technology impacts our creativity and how technology can be a force of good when it's used in the correct way. We also talk about just the different perspective of what art is and what determines value and whether you make art for the individual versus the collective. And it really just felt like a really natural conversation where two people are just, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other because we don't have the answers. Um, but it's really nice to kind of look into someone else's mind and get some of their perspectives. And really, just had a great time connecting with Xander. So, without further ado, here is Jordy Alexander. Well, hello, Jordy. Thanks so much for coming on the Creative Soul Podcast.
1: I'm excited to be here. I'm excited just to see where this conversation takes us and explore lots of cool ideas and just see what's going on in the world a little bit.
0: Totally. Me too. And so the first question I'll start off with, I start every podcast like this, but what is currently fueling your creative soul?
1: The creative soul is like I mean, just by definition, that's like everything that I strive to be. Like, that's where I spend most of my time, like, cultivating and creating spaces and, and surrounding myself with people that allow me to just be that. Like, that's very much like my pinpointed focus right now is like, how can I create more or more productive or, yeah, like have that reflection of fulfillment within what I'm creating. So, to answer your question, I would say right now, like, we're nerding out so hard on this project that's coming up called Zoids, <laughs> and I can't help but just, like, giggle and laugh about it because it's so, like, it's so out there, and it feels like we're creating, like, a form of Star Wars or, like, Star Trek or something, but basically, it's a a series of art digital art pieces that are, like, little space commanders, and so, like, I, it, right now we're starting to place these little avatars all across our social pages and in their custom. so it's all about like your little face on like these little space commander avatars but it's all pixelated and so it just it goes deep on how these are going to work and how the market's going to take them and how the community is going to work with them because we're going to release 111 at first and then we're going to do you know a thousand after that and then 10,000. So there'll be like a total of whatever that is. But they're all about the the replication or duplication of like these pixels. And so we've just been nerding out like super deep on what these zoids do and how you collect them how you can turn them into like this meta cube, we're calling it where it merges them into a new digital art piece all using the tech. And it's just funny because we're like, Oh, yeah, like the genome sequence x, y, you know, this, Oh, XOX. Okay. XOX is androgynous. Okay. Here's how you mix them in. It, it's just like, it's like, I can't even believe we're like, okay. You know, my work day right now consists of like bringing ideas and pitch decks back to the team and it's like okay we're going to do an experiment called the xenosphere where we take the longitude and the latitude numbers of earth and we multiply them times 16 miles and that creates this radius of numbers that are stored all the way around earth and then like okay now like we can play this game where you take pixels and you place them inside of the xenosphere and those are connected to your zoid which is your your metaversal ID so we're just like we're like way out there but it's gonna come together and I'm really really excited about it
0: (laughs) oh my gosh that sounds so cool and also so like technical is the word of just like yeah hard to understand even but I'm like I'm just like where do you get your ideas from I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna ask that like where the hell do you get your ideas from where do you find inspiration like this stuff is so cool
1: yeah. So maybe this could be like more of the grounded side of the, the answer to the question, because again, that is like the number one thing I sh- I strive to find all the time. And so to me, inspiration, you know, we, we started off this conversation with one really deep, nice breath. And, and to me, the word inspire or in- in- inspire, inspire is like a it's like an old French word which is like to breathe in so like what what are you breathing in okay well you know what are you taking in okay so I'm in my I'm in my room right here like in Hawaii and this is like where a lot of the production and just like the creation of different ideas comes together and so for me like it's really important to make sure that my space is just like clean or clear or very inviting to the atmosphere i'm looking to create from and being really particular about that space i've done little experiments here and there where maybe i'll take like the ipad and i'm trying to you know come up with some idea and trying to just articulate and get down some basic principles of that idea and so i did this experiment once where i just cruised around and like every five to ten minutes i would change my position so i would leave the house, ride a bike up to the top of the hill and then pull the iPad back out, try to get more inspiration. Okay. Maybe that's not working. So I'll get like one little bit down. Okay. What am I listening to? Change the music. What did Walt Disney listen to? Walt Disney was inspiring. So like, what was he listening to when he was creating? Okay. Like, so I just like go down all these little pathways and then it, you know, I spent like four or five hours just messing around. I ended up like all the way down here by this lighthouse and I was just, like, sitting there doing all kind, like, literally just anything. I wasn't, it was, like, a free drawing session, but, mm-hmm. like, all based off of just what I was feeling inside, or, like, okay, the classical music did this, so, like, the line goes like that, or, you know what I mean? So, like, oh, there, there's so many ways to to be inspired, and that's, like, yeah, I love, I love, love, love inspiration.
0: <laughs> mm, that's such a cool, like, way to explore your own inspiration and kind of be like the student of your own experience. So you're like kind of testing out these different things and then seeing what works or how, you know, listening to one thing influences the next thing. And it's just like, it's cool to kind of approach it from that really like exploratory, like philosophical student way. I don't know that just, that kind of, that like, I never really thought about like exploring your creativity in those ways, which is really cool.
1: yeah just setting up like those little just setting up experiments you know like we've got so many sensor like we've got eyes we've got ears we got taste we got all these things so it's like okay like maybe you create with one eye for a second okay like you know maybe you put on like sound whatever it's called where you can't hear anything and just like always experimenting with like all all of our different senses and and how they're receiving information. Cause like as humans, all we, all we kind of, we're kind of like robots like to an extent because we receive information and then we export information. So it's like, how much, how much power and control can you have inside of the receiving of what you're inspired by and Mm -hmm. exporting it into something that you're excited by, you know, and something that you're fulfilled by and something that is driving that creative soul so that, just like so that you can have so much more fun in life because like like yo like this is life's not that long and we can choose you know it sounds simple but like it's up to us like what we do all the time like that's the beauty of it and so that's kind of like I have this little sign like my whole kind of like personal little project is that like you are art like and and everyone is art and so it's just like okay well are you a canvas that's like splatter painted or are you, you know, some logical like graphed out piece of art and like, they're both beautiful. They're both amazing. It's just like, it's like, what is it and why? Like, yeah. what's your story? You know?
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. And I, I'm wondering for you, like, did you always, cause I love this perspective and I wonder if like, you kind of always have this perspective and you, always kind of like thought about these things or is this something that you've developed along your journey?
1: Yeah I'd say it's like half and half I mean I was definitely really lucky as a little kid because my parents kind of hooked me up with like different creative like I went to normal school and everything but they also had me just like involved in all these like little things where like this teacher would come once a week and we would just like draw or or like just do like creative exercises. And so that I think when I think back to like my earliest memories of feeling creative is probably in there and feeling confident in being creative because that's like the weirdest part. Like even like the biggest artists we're working with right now, like uh our homie Balaz, he does tattoos for all these celebrities and just like travels the world. He does like fifty thousand dollar tattoos. Like it's crazy. And working with him on the recent project was like amazing. And he's like the sweetest human being, and we all like we all kind of have to share this vulnerability where he's like, "Yo, like this is amazing, but I don't know, I don't know if I like it." And it, it's like it's the craziest like drawings of like these little, you know, like circles that have all these little codes in them, just like his tattoos, and it, it's just interesting. And also with Mike Dargis, we've been working with him and partnering with him. He's a traditional painter. He does like crazy, hyper-realistic paintings. Like you look at his painting on the wall and it looks like a photo, you know, it's like crazy. And same with him. Like I've learned that there is a lot of vulnerability in the creative process, no matter how advanced you are. I mean, he sells paintings for 50 to 200 grand, like he's crazy talented, but yet there's still this like hesitation within all creatives. That's like, "Mm, uh," like, I don't know if i like it. And, it and it's amazing to surround yourself by people that are like no 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 like this is yeah let's go this is great like just put it out there knowing that you know any piece of art or any creative project is like probably not gonna ever be finished like isn't that the beauty of it like wow. it's more about just exporting and getting it to the people and letting the people observe and connect and again back circling back that's why i love <laughs> art so much because art is all about the perspective Like you can make art and you could put in the most energy to it ever. And someone could come along and be like, wow, this is exactly what I was thinking in my head, but it could be a completely different, like it's, it means something so much different to them. Whereas you're like, Oh, this represents this type of thing for me, blah, blah, blah. For them, they're like, Oh, like, no, this means this because my mom did this when I was 14 and blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, it's just so crazy how we can all look at art, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. And, and it, like as the art, I, first of all, like I love hearing kind of, you know, artists that we deem to be successful that like they still deal with those questions because that's just part of the human experience. And, and like you said, part of the creative process, like you're never going to get rid of that. Like, is this good enough piece? Which I think is actually really cool that it connects us like in our humanity and our vulnerability. And then also like in the sharing of art like in the making of it we can have an intention and the experience can be what it is but then we kind of have to release it to the world and like let it be what it is which is also really cool because you're kind of like surrendering expectation and just letting go and like kind of I mean in like really metaphysical terms that it's like like it's kind of like for the collective in a way that like it's not yours I don't know it's like you can have your own experience with it but then other people will have their experience for it so it's like, it's not even maybe yours. Like it could be, it could be. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. yeah. well that's what, so we are we have an upcoming drop called Drawn Together where this artist named Alpert, he took like one little, he took a piece of paper and drew one little thing on it that meant a lot to time. And then he sent it out to 52 of his friends and they all added on this like little elements to it. And now it became this like kind of cool looking art piece that's, you know, white and black and just simple but very intricate in its design. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's one thing. I think that's the core of, of being creative is that you do, you definitely need to surround yourself by other creatives. Like that's really important because like it like traditional mindsets, logical, like left brains, like they, sometimes they just out of fear, I guess, maybe would put down the creative side because to me the creative side is like very much it can be very much in that like what's the word like just out there space like it's not understood like a lot of times they're crazy or like they're weird or like whatever and and to me kind of like what you're just saying like it it really is all about maybe not even just what you're putting out but like who you are and what you're just like exporting in general and, and that does become part of like the collective art of the world of, of a human race. I mean, we just started Pride Month and Pride Month's really cool to me because it, it, it's the it's the understanding and acceptance of like all things to be what they want to be, you mm-hmm. know, like accepting them as they are in any format. Mm-hmm. And like, especially in the art world, that's huge. Like that's, that's like everyone in the art world and in the creative world, in the like, I don't know like in just the expression world anyone who wants to express what they feel and what they are whether it's through a breaststroke or you know through what you're wearing it doesn't matter it's like it's all about that expression and to me expression is like the core uh way to get more creative always Mm -hmm like you just got to let it out. Like you dance or like sing or like even cry or like, I don't know wear whatever you want. So you get like a fun reaction from the next person that you're walking by. Like, that's what it's all about. It's like coming alive and being just like present with who you are and what you're mm. stoked about. Cause like, like Otherwise you become like a, a, like a doled out, like gray version of yourself. And no one, like who wants that? You know,
0: (laughs) I, I love that of like expression is coming alive. That's really cool. And so going back to what you said you were creating about this, like digital art. And I think for myself included, but I think for a lot of people right now, like we're moving into this new age, this new digital age where people are talking about cryptocurrency and NFTs and all those things. And even the concept of digital art, like that's just maybe it seems like a newer concept, at least to me. And so for people that have like no idea what you're talking about, will you kind of go into like what that is and what what you're yeah, what you're creating?
1: Yeah. So NFT means non fungible token. Which just means like you can't really change it there's also semi-fungible tokens that have different layers of like how you can change the code inside of it but nfts in and of themselves are like it's like stamping your like name in the concrete and you're like we made this sidewalk or it's like a cave a caveman like goes in and draws a bunch of things on the wall and then signs their name under it. And it's like, like it's forever there, you know, or maybe you took, maybe back in the day they took uh, like some type of sheet rocks or different like metals and were inscribing what they felt like were the truths of the inspired, you know, times, what they wanted to pass down to their, their, you know, posterity. It's like, those were the times that, you know, artists were like scribing in exactly what they wanted the future to know and see and know that it was them so now for the first time ever because of the way that the blockchain works and the way that it can kind of like store information and verify we now have a really cool future-proof system to protect artists or protect anyone who's creating anything so nfts right now are being very explored and very expanded upon inside of the art world because it's pretty simple you take take photos, videos, typical, you know, things you might share on Instagram and you can mint them to where they're stored on the blockchain. And so other people can all collectively hold pieces of it, even though, you know, you don't necessarily own it, but like your chain is supporting where it's stored. And so with that, the person who owns it is like verified and linked to
0: that if that kind of makes sense, <laughs> yeah, kind. And this is this only exists in the digital world, right? It's not like a physical, tangible object.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of what that's like our our mission right now is we're making things physically, digitally, and virtually obtainable mm. using the same you know set of code. So if I, if you make a piece of art and or you make a video or like whatever, you stamp it onto the blockchain, poof, like you own it. Unless you transfer it to someone or sell it, then poof, like they, they now own it. But what um, we're doing is making it to where you can actually take that digital and forge it into a, a physical. So like let's say you create you create like a golden key and it's spinning around in the in the digital world. It's like flat, it's 2d, it's on your phone. Well with obtainable, you can forge it and we w- will make the real key for you. And then also in the future, as soon as the virtual worlds are a little stronger and a little bit more, you know, accessible, more interoperable across all of your devices you have, then we're going to also honor anyone who's bought anything with us and grant access to having a golden key inside of the virtual world that you can carry Mm -hmm. around in your little backpack or like however it's going to (laughs) work.
0: Wow, that's so fascinating. And I wonder like how this relates to the creator economy and like the world that we're headed because again it's like kind of hard to wrap your mind around but when you get it it's like yeah just the idea of like kind of artists taking back control rather than you know in the past being taken advantage of by different institutions and just you know not really valuing artists in our in our world and so what do you what do you think that is? 100%.
1: You know, in traditional art world, for example, the galleries take 50%. So you could work really hard on this crazy, cool painting that takes you six months. And you take it to the gallery, they sell it for a million dollars, they take $500,000. So Christie's is like one of the biggest auction houses, you know, they're they're doing like $80 million painting sales all the time. Boom, like they're making $40 million off of like one painting like that's That's pretty crazy. I get it. Like they're a beautiful platform. Galleries are amazing, but like in the digital world, you don't really need a gallery. Like your gallery is your page. It's like, it's, it's the place that shows where things are and where you get them. Like you don't need to go to New York to get an art piece from a favorite artist or a favorite creator. If they are making digital art, you know, it's just a different kind of like a different framework, a different way of of working with it. I do want to say though, the biggest reason why there's so much power in this yeah like the verification and like being able to forever you know prove that you own something is all cool but one of the biggest powers in like talking about supporting creatives is that these smart contracts that are like tech contracts they have like little you know if this then that types of problems that are solved inside of them so like if you sell it then this happens it's all in the codec right but the coolest part is that these smart contracts have 10 percent royalties in them so let's say i make a painting or i make a video or i make a pdf or whatever a jpeg i mint it like on the blockchain and then i sell it to you for a thousand dollars okay cool that gave me a thousand dollars and then you go take it and you sell it to someone else for five thousand dollars Well, guess what? I still get 10% of that secondary sale. Mm -hmm. So there's this like residual element that's very new to the space that's never been done before. Because like traditionally, like there was kind of like direct marketing or there was a, you know, different formats of how just even like referral codes, like, you know, there's so many different ways that people are getting like cut in on these contracts or these deals. Anytime someone moves money, Mm -hmm. whereas this is like Like I create it and I send it out in the world. I have no idea who's buying and selling it, but there's money coming into my account. Like it's literally pure beauty and magic in so many ways. I think we just didn't quite understand how it was going to be. Like we thought, oh, like let's create systems and protocols that allow us to like work once and and never have to work again. Like all the like quotes, like, oh, make money when you sleep. Like all that stuff. We thought it was like the stock market. Or we thought it was like investing in different things, but no, 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 This is, this is like way cooler and it's way simpler and it's way easier. And it's all about just creating passion and creating community and then boom, like you're rewarded for bringing people together or creating value in the, in the, in the network, you know?
0: That's so cool. And it feels almost like infinite because it could kind of exist forever. And then you might like, you know, you might create that painting once and then, release it. And then it, it keeps coming back. And so wondering, like, I guess for someone who's super new to this digital world, like could, can you create anything? And like, because, just because you own a platform called obtainable, is that correct?
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. So
0: is the idea that like any person anywhere could create something and like upload it to the platform and that way it's like coded? My understanding. Yeah. So
1: like there's, there's a couple of different platforms out there. We recommend anyone who's just getting started can just mess around with OpenSea. OpenSea.io is, I believe, the website. And that's where you can, you can take any digital piece, you know, JPEGs, like PDFs, videos, like whatever, up to a certain file limit and mint them onto the chain. So, you know, that's a good place to start. There's a lot of other platforms out there. Our platform is, we kind of are going for the Gagosian, which is like the top curated gallery in the world. So we're going for like highly curated, very like methodical, you know, just detailed projects that have a lot of game elements in them. So we're creating art pieces that are real that make it to where you have to kind of collect X amount that can be merged into new ones that can be redeemed for a tattoo session or Mm -hmm. redeemed for a real gold key or whatever it is. And so, you know, with each drop, we create whole entire stories. We do a lot of consulting with them to really bring these pieces to life. So that's kind of where our specialty is in the space. And then we kind of double up. Obtainables are our NFT platform where we're curating, but we're also building out Zala extended reality platform. And so between those two, that's kind of like where we're creating our community and where people can start to see like okay like i see what you guys are trying to prove cuz to us it's not about necessarily making a bunch of money it's more so proving like how do we create interoperability between the realms per se there's mm-hmm. a digital realm there's a virtual realm and there's a there's a physical realm like we have three realms here today on earth like it's here you know wow. and so just trying to show people like okay this is how it works this is this is the new way to get involved this is the new marketing like framework of how Web 3 is gonna work. so like come hang out and like come see what we're doing, come watch like how we're multiplying and duplicating these different pieces of code inside of the art. But yeah, I mean at the same time, like anyone who's got like really cool concepts, like like I said earlier, the the guy um, who's gonna be doing the drawn together drop, pretty simple like it's not nothing too crazy. He just had a good idea and connected with the team and the team was like, yeah, let's go. this is great. let's curate this a little bit and let's let's put it out there. It's not super intricate, but, you know, that's the beauty of art. Like, you know, sometimes art can be like a little tiny berp, dot on a white canvas and that like, sells for t- millions of dollars. Or sometimes art can be like the most intricate, crazy thought out thing ever. And it could have less value. Like, it, you know, mm-hmm. that's the beauty.
0: Right. Of so like simplicity or the complexity of the idea doesn't determine the value because, and I, yeah, I guess that's a question. Like, what do you think determines the value of something? Well, <laughs> such a deep. Now we're,
1: now we're getting into algebra. <laughs> yeah, that, we've been nerding out quite a bit. I mean, the value of anything—it's like an equation, right? To me, you, in order to determine value, you need some type of equation. You need some type of reflection. So, like y equals mx plus b. Okay, cool. How do we solve for x? Like, that's the value. Mm-hmm. So that could be taken in any framework where it's like. Okay. Um, like, how do we know that, how do we know that water is real? <laughs> I don't know. Let's form, let's perform an experiment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like what is X? Like, what is Y? Like, how do we, how, what's the equation? What does it equal and why, you know? And like, yeah. I don't know. That, that's kind of like where my mind goes with it. I think, I think value is just anything that, that feels real I guess like yeah you put put effort into creating something even if it's one pixel on a screen like you made something so I
0: don't know yeah totally (laughs) and again it it comes back to like how people receive it and and based off their perspective so it's like you can't even you can perform experiments and predict the value but also there's that element of like kind of letting go in a way (laughs)
1: For sure. Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah. Also, I love what you said that like there's we're living in three worlds today. There's the physical realm, the virtual realm and the digital realm, which again is like it's it's kind of mind blowing. Like it's it's a little hard to wrap my mind my mind around and also a little mind blowing that like it is here. And we kind of always thought like virtual reality is something far off in the future. But like the fact that it's here now and I I think. Part of that almost scares me for like two reasons. I'll just share where I'm at. One is I'm like, I am so operating in the physical realm. I feel like I'm not smart enough to understand kind of like how these intricate digital virtual realms work. And then secondly, it's also like, oh my gosh, how do I then stay grounded in the physical realm when it's like, when you're maybe living, which in a way we're already doing that, like with Instagram and our communities that are all virtual. So yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense, but like that's kind of where my mind goes. i like, oh gosh, what does this mean for the world? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I think last year for me was a really crazy year just because it was like, obviously everything went down. I lived on a small island. We have a small community. No one really left. It was kind of just like, boom, like we're here. Hmm. And also being able to live in a more um, abundant place with so much nature Just by like sitting here in my room, I'm like outside, like there's the doors are like open and there's no air condition or heat. And so I'm like, I kind of already live in like a very, a a lot more of like a physical world per se. But with that being said, I was spending 8, 10, 12, 14 hours some days on my screens Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't like take breaks. And I was just very much not grounded. I was just so in in the digital realms that you know I I realized really quickly I needed to make a change because I was like I felt like I was dying <laughs> like mm. it's just like stress and like I couldn't function and like it was, it got weird and so since then it's like no like I I try to just balance my day out so like okay cool like we're on this call for an hour that means after this I need to go I can't I can't be on a screen for an hour after this but then an hour after that, I can go back on a screen. You know, I it, like, I'm not super rigid in the way that I work, but I need to go on a run after this. Or like, I need to go just like sit and like touch the grass. Like it's simple, but like, that's kind of that opposition that keeps me very grounded and, and allows me to move forward with faith and like understanding and trusting that tech and everything is here to help us and support us. And like, to me, it's not tech, it's not T-E-C-H, it's T-E-K, like tech, it's organic. It's like, Mm. it's it's here to flow with us like I don't think we should like put computers like in our brains but I believe that we could use natural forms of light to interact with our senses or you know just like different ways that allow us to to be in control of like what where we're at because that's that's my practice right now okay I'm on digital for an hour now I'm going to control myself and I'm going to come back out of the digital world And just like chill for a bit you know Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like how I see setting up my base workflows like now so that in one year three years five years whenever like the tech is getting crazier where it's like whatever like little virtual holographic like floating things or whatever it's not going to be weird it's going to be cool and and another thing that I really like from a favorite author of mine Stephen Collar he wrote a book called the future is faster than you think and he says that the future is two things one it's different but two it's rooted in today's culture so like there's never going to be at least I believe like I don't think we're going to have this like crazy like oh like the robots are taking over the world well guess what the robots have already taken over the world like how many robots are around us all the time always like I'm surrounded by 50 robots in this house you know so like they're here but like you know, it's like slow progression we thought, yeah. and we're going to like cruise with it. Like, there's not going to be like some crazy, like, oh, whoa. But like, if you cruise back 200 years, like, there, people would be absolutely blowing their minds and thinking we're like on some witchcraft just by being on a FaceTime call. Define what it means to be comfortable inside of a future tech world. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're so right that like it's rooted in today's culture. So it, right. Like, if we, we have always have this image of robots are going to take over the world, but like, what's our, what are we doing now? What's on our phones? It's like, you don't, you don't even realize sometimes that it's happened until you kind of reflect and you're like, yeah, if this was me 50 years ago, what would I think of today? You probably would. Yeah, like
1: we're, we're like fully already cyborgs, but no one's talking about that. Like my phone rarely leaves my pocket. Like I am, a, I'm like attached. I'm tethered to that thing yeah. all the time. You know, like I am a cyborg. like I'll say it out loud like and so you know like just honoring it and not being like afraid of it and like just moving like moving without fear I think is always the answer and like if there are fears and there's worries it's like I think the answer and like I just made a post yesterday on the obtainable Instagram I think the answer is just caring more like okay yeah like you're like okay you're someone's worried about you know an Alexa machine being inside of your house and like it listening to you all the time. Okay. Well maybe just like care about it a little bit and like do some research and like look into like what it is and why. And like you, like you can find like all the patents like or with NFTs and like a lot of people are kind of like tripping out because of like what they feel like the crypto world is doing to the, you know, to, to nature and its course and and Mm -hmm. how it's like, environmentally impacting this that and the other because of all the mining computer power that it takes to run the network around the world and it's like well (laughs) you know the idea is that like it gets better like i'm sure at first teslas were really expensive and now they're getting cheaper and more efficient but like that was a big change like at some point everyone was like oh yeah we probably should use electric cars like that's probably pretty good you know but there was a time when no one wanted to everyone was like no way like we can't use electric cars so like I don't know I'll get I'll like get lost in rabbit holes but that's kind of like my perspective on it
0: (laughs) totally yeah I, I totally agree with you that like anything new or stuff that we don't fully understand yet it's like we kind of have to allow it to unfold as it will while like coming back I love what you said about balance of like Yeah, you can't, you know, when you spend 10 hours a day on screens, which most of us are already doing without even realizing really, but just to kind of have that like mindful awareness of, of when you're tapping in and when you're tapping out and like grounding in the, in the physical. Yeah.
1: It sounds crazy. Like this conversation sounds crazy, but like it's (laughs) a real thing. Like it's here. Like it's.
0: (laughs) I mean, well, that's, what's crazy to me that like, yeah, I feel like maybe some people listening or even. It's like, sometimes I'm like, I'm so with you. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know what we're talking about because it's so far out there, but it's really not. It, it's really not. Like you said, like it's here. Yeah, so well, like, okay. Like- so
1: like, here's, here's another experiment I recently did. I had never done like a, just sitting guided meditation. One my favorite, like um, coach or like whatever you want to call him is Sam Harris. He has an app called the waking up course, mm-hmm. which is like fire and like there's this 30-day course where he kind of like teaches you his ways and like he's just helped me a lot in just understanding like my own mental frameworks of like what am I and like how am I curating my own experience and how am I receiving information and like a lot of my philosophies like come from this practice I've been doing for like a year and a half or so and so I'd never done an hour-long one before I think I like had fear about it or like I'd never just sat there for an hour and did nothing because like I've trained my mind to be so productive like my value system is all about productivity and how much I can get done and how much like art I can create and how much like like organization I can have in a day you know and now now I'm like starting to realize like okay one I used to say I don't have time so now I've shifted. No, I have so much time. Like I have so, we all have so much time. So like honoring that and trusting that like, whatever is coming in front of you is like what needs to be there in any format. And two, like, yo, I can sit on TikTok for an hour, but I can't sit with myself for an hour. Like, okay, I get it. Like I need to practice more in that space. Even just like 10 minutes a day, like literally changes like everything. And I think it slows down that, that need or that adrenaline rush that you get from being productive or that you get from exporting or like like doing, but there's also so much magic in the not doing because like Mm. that's where that inspiration and just like like fills you up with like great oxygen and great ideas and just great like just organizing your own mind is the best thing that I think anyone can do and that requires not doing
0: totally and yeah it's so hard to unlearn that because I think not only have we trained ourselves to be that way but society has trained us to be that way and also like yeah, I've been, I've been reflecting on this a lot because like the constant need to be productive is something that I've always had and I'm trying to undo. And, and that, but then it's like, I, when I come to that place of not a place of stillness, because I think when I'm still, I'm actually very like comfortable and confident in like just being, but when I'm like in that space in between of, I'm not completely still. Cause maybe I haven't taken the time to get rid of my distractions and all that, but I'm also like, busying myself but also doing nothing like busying it's like busying but not doing productive work and then I kind of get lost in this like rabbit hole of like well like what does it even mean to do work or what like what does it mean to do meaningful work and like how much time should I I be putting into that and how do I even know what to do and it's just like goes into this mental loop that yeah it's just interesting of like trying to pinpoint like yeah, how much can we let ourselves be productive and create the containers that we need in order to flow? So you're like doing that productive work within those containers.
1: Mm-hmm, I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, that's like low-key kind of how the blockchain works. Like it's all about like little containers and like
0: mm.
1: how you're putting information in them and then how they connect. And so to me, I think one really strong practice that I've implemented is just focusing on transitions. So when you're a little kid, I guess like there's this parenting trick that helps keep your kid calm where you just let it know that you're about to move it physically. So if you your kids over there like crying on the couch, you go pick it up and you're like, "Okay, we're going to move into the bedroom now. Like it's safe in here." And so as we progress and get older, we we don't parent ourselves. Like we just think like oh I'm old enough I'm responsible I don't I don't need to like worry about like my own psyche and like how well I am in a space when like that's actually like really important and so taking just like that second to be like I'm getting in the car now you're in a new you're in a new container like physically yeah. like you just moved from like if we look at this on a metaphysical like I don't know what that looks like but like on the physical you're moving from inside of your house to outside, which like on from, from an amygdala perspective, like caveman, like that little tingle that's like, hey, you should stay alive. You go outside, like all of a sudden a Tyrannosaurus Rex could come swoop you, you know? So like, like that's, it's ridiculous. But like at the same time, there's so much power in just like taking a second, just, and you even did it here. You set a really nice container just by like, it took two seconds. Let's just breathe in. Boom, like transition into this container. And now I'm so present in here. Like, I, like I'm not, I can't leave. I'm just here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Focusing on transitions. And, and when we, cause I, I think most people can think of transition in like the, the macro sense of like major life transitions, but every moment is a transition. Every moment leads to the next moment, which is a transition. So like really fine tuning into those really micro details Is just a way to be more present, like you said, to be more present for the container. So I yeah, like like one time
1: I had this crazy anxiety attack, and I had like a full on, like I kind of like lost presence, and my eyes started being weird, and like I was seeing like a bunch of red doors coming at me on the right, and then like a bunch of blue doors coming, like not doors but like little like window like Mm -hmm. like like Mario like like holographic boxes, like, and then like on the left was like. Like coming in crazy, and I was like so overwhelmed by it, just because of like I lost, I lost presence like fully, and like I went into an anxiety state. And I realized through that that there was nothing I could do. I couldn't break it. I became present with like the that, that like I was so there that it took a long time to realize like the way to calm myself was to realize that it's like it's the future in the past like, right here, right now, you know, and, like, taking the blues and the purple, or the blues and the reds, and, like, like, oh, like, it's a calm purple color, like, that's here right now, and, like, it was just like, this whole experience that allowed me to, kind of, like, release a lot of, like, like, control over where I was, or, like, of certain transitions, and, like, to me, that was, like, any given moment, like, I don't know how to, like, slow down the timeline of how much is going on around us, but, like, to me, every second goes by, there's probably a million of those little red doors coming at us and a a million of those little blue doors coming at us because like at any given time, I can choose to go down the path of like what I'm going to do next. And like, boom, now that like triggers this whole like anxiety state of like worrying about what you're going to do next when like it doesn't matter, like you're worrying, like just be here, you know?
0: Yeah. And when you accept that, that's such a cool Well, not, I mean, I'm sorry. You have not, sorry. You had that experience. No, it was
1: dope. It was scary, but it was dope.
0: (laughs) To be able to like learn from that experience and be able like to, for that to unlock something and like how we think about our daily life and our daily present life is really cool. And so one of the last couple questions I'll ask you is like, what, I guess, what are you excited about? I like to ask people, like, what are your goals for the future? Like, and I know that you have a bunch of different projects that you're working on. So like, In the next year or the next five years, like, where do you want to be at? Like, what, what do you want to manifest into your existence?
1: Speaking of presence, I haven't thought about that. No, (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean five years? What what am I doing right now?
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's how I feel.
1: I'm just kidding. Yeah. Like I like to, I love asking those types of questions. I think they're really inspiring. I like to ask people since I'm kind of like all about this, like, oh, like you're an art piece right now. Like, I mean, on a grand scale, I'm super excited we're putting together our holdings company, which is called Totem. So we're staking our Totem into the metaverse. It's kind of like our thing right now. And so that holds obtainable and that holds Zayla and that holds all of our ventures. And so we're about to raise some money, which is going to be really cool because we did this last year, we raised some money um, for our project. And it was just amazing to like create a structure system that allows like the input and the output of currency and gets people you know, consistent flow to where they don't have to worry about how they're going to pay their bills and they can come like on the team and just work a hundred percent with us. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing more fulfilling and satisfying to me than having people around you. Like we were talking about earlier that support any type of creative vision. Cause like as the days go by I feel like these ideas get a little crazier and like we have this amazing team that's like yeah like that's amazing and I'm just like oh thank you so much I was afraid like people are gonna think it's weird or whatever and so that's kind of like the whole thing so Totem is like a blockchain ecosystem and an artist collective and so Mm -hmm. between those two we're kind of creating this structure system that's gonna help us support um, everything we want to see come to life and support everyone's ideas around us and so that's the cool part about the ecosystem is like there's our ideas like me and my two partners and like yeah we're crazy and like we have all these ideas and we're trying to organize them and everything but also everyone on the team has their own ideas and so it becomes this like collaborative like back and forth so we help organize people okay like let's start mist which is a jewelry line but mist is not just a jewelry line it's also an art it's an artist residency basically to an extent where they're like coming up with all these amazing concepts and then we're just implementing them where they need to go. So now we're like, okay, there was a jewelry line. It's fully branded out. Okay. Let's put that inside of obtainable. So now we have a physical and a digital realm. Okay. And in the future we add the virtual. So it's like this brand is curated as part of one of our projects, but it's also everyone on the team. So it's split between everyone. So we're creating a lot of like equanimity, in the flow of how a big team can exist but everyone's maintains their sovereignty and they don't like work for us you know what i mean like everyone's like owners of their projects and that, so it, it's yeah, different
0: so cool and that's like i i can see that how how that would solve a lot of problems that we see today and especially now we're kind of at this like turning point in history where i can see how that that like ecosystem and that community and that collaboration and like you the the sovereignty that you mentioned is like that's how it will all come together so I'm just excited and one of the last things is that I love sharing creative resources with people and so I'm curious for you one like if people want to you already mentioned some cool resources but If people want to get more into this work, like, are there resources that you recommend? And then, two, what are just some like books or things that are inspiring you right now?
1: So let's see. So there's this really cool book. I forget the artist of it, but the artist, the author, (laughs) he is an artist. The book's called "Steal Like an Artist," and it's just like this cute. I don't know, like
0: Austin Kleon. There we go.
1: I love him. I follow him on Instagram. Like he makes all these cool little like, he's like a, he's like a little scientist. Like he's always doing like some crazy experiments and like, here's how you like with whatever. And so there's this, there's the book that explains kind of his philosophy and his theory. And it's all like very well mapped out and designed. But then he also has like this little workbook that's fun to do with it. Where it like, if like, sometimes I'm just like, oh, like I can't create anything today. I'll go like pull that out. And it's like a little challenge takes five minutes and like Mm. clears up like why I thought I couldn't do what i could do so that one's really really good i love following jack butcher on all of his platforms visualize value instagram twitter jack butcher on twitter he's fire he talks all about like value creation and just like the creator economy and like just really good source there's another guy on twitter i really like called his name is greg eisenberg he's like a startup guy i think he's in new york and he's always just exporting like crazy cool ideas like the other day he was tweeting about like startup cities and like I was just like, okay, like I see you. And it was like, well thought out, like, here's what you need. Here's how you do it. And I'm just like, I like this guy, but he talks a lot about like community and just like, he's awesome. Other resources, Naval, love Naval, N-A-V-A-L. He's got this little podcast. He like made a tweet storm like a year ago or two years ago or whatever. And he was like, he's like a crazy uh, startup investor. He created a company called Angel's List in San Francisco and he's just like, cool. Cause he's like, he's super balanced between the two realms. Like he's full tech, but he's also full, like grounded meditation, like two hours a day type of guy. And so he like blends the two in his plaque practice. And he made this tweet storm called like how to get rich without, I don't know, something like that. And it, he got like a million followers on Twitter overnight from it.
0: Oh my and he's
1: just like dope. So then he he goes in, you can look it up on Spotify. It's called, just like literally look up NAVAL and he's he breaks down all of his tweets and they're like three minute podcasts each. And it's just like fire, like boom, 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 boom. And like that one really, really inspired me like two years ago, helped me like really just like take everything like further. Other resources. Honestly, the biggest thing that gets me like really creative is just like learning a new skill, like a 10 minute thing, like on YouTube, just like, okay, today I'm going to learn how to like use procreate and do like a new style. Or like, I'm going to like learn how to get like a little bit better at formatting my writing or like, just like having like weird little like skill sets so that your, your creativity is easier. Cause like, If you have one if you have one paintbrush and you're trying to create like a masterpiece, like it's going to be kind of hard. But like if you have 100 paintbrushes that have like all types of tips and edges and like Mm -hmm. allow you to like really get in there, I see that as like that's how like setting up skills and mental frameworks is. It's just like important to like make it to where your your ability to create is not hindered by anything.
0: Mm. Oh, I love that! Thank you for sharing all those. I'm definitely going to check those out, and we'll put those in the show notes. Thank you so much, Jordy. This was, I love your mind. Your mind is, yeah, just really cool <laughs> to talk with you today, and you've opened thank up you. some new possibilities. So thank you.
1: 100. That's what it's all about.
0: <laughs> yes. I hope you enjoyed that episode, and thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you, or your creative soul